0: Listener Production. Brooke Boney and Linda Mariano's Dream Club.
1: Hey and welcome to Brooke and Linda's Dream Club, where each week we trawl through the thrift stores of culture and take the best <laughs> moments off those racks. It's an absolute one-of-a-kind steal, oh, yes if you is. ask us. <laughs> and this week is a fat steal. We are talking about Billie
0: Eilish and World Mental Health Day. And the TV show Made on Netflix and Bad Art Friend. You might not have heard of it, but now you're going to see it absolutely everywhere. You know, we love trolling
1: through Instagram, looking at social media (laughs) for the best intentions, hours and hours every single day. We don't stop. (laughs) Shout out to Antonia Peachy, who hit us up on the Dream Club podcast on Insta, sending us a picture of your truck with a little tawny frog mouth on top saying, hey girls, it took me straight back to your podcast about the bird poll voting. I had to use a rake to gently move him so that I could leave. It was cute but creepy and it made me think <laughs> of you two.
0: <laughs>
1: P.S. Stay deadly, you amazing women. Oh, thank you,
0: sis. Seriously. I love that cute but creepy is our vibe. I love that too. It's, CBC. That's yeah, <laughs> That's exactly. what I am. CBC and CBF. CB, CBC
1: vibe, CBF, let's get into it. I was going to say LFG. <laughs> What's LFG? Let's play oh <gasps> <laughs> let's let's freaking go let's fudge and go you let's fudge it up brooke and linda's dream club First up, it is the return of live music officially. Oh, my God. God. And not only live music, but possibly the biggest stadium shows that we are going to see in 2022. You know, when Billie Eilish came to Australia a couple of years ago, not even a couple, we haven't had live music for a couple of years. 45 years ago. For when Billie Eilish first came here, when you were a fetus, (laughs) um, you know, Triple J, I remember, recorded her live show and actually could barely play it out because the crowd was so much louder than Billy's vocals on stage. It was picking up the crowd's vocals so much louder than hers. But you know what? Another chance to scream at the top of your lungs for every new Billie Eilish song on her record Happier Than Ever because she has announced her 2022 Australian tour. She's going to be here doing some massive shows in Sydney, Brisbane, Melbourne and Perth next September. So <laughs> just under a year, but it is going to be happening and that's the happier than ever tour. So it's
0: it feels good, doesn't it? I feel happier than ever. I do. <laughs> it's so weird that we are looking forward to a gig that is a year, nearly a year away. And that's how deprived we are of live music experiences. Something that brings us all so much joy and ah. is like one of the reasons for living. It's you the know? forward it makes planning life sweet.
1: we deserve. Mm. And I don't know if you saw, but she's been doing this wonderful conversation series with ID Magazine. They've been posting it on their Instagrams. It's so cool. It's her and UK rapper Stormzy. So a guy that is known for being about us, a guy that deleted all his social media recently, they have done this talk and it lined up with World Mental Health Day, which happened on Sunday as well. They've done this whole conversation, which is so open and genuine in terms of what their mental health is like at different stages of their career, so what it's been like affected by fame and success. And it's one of those things that you see when people – Uh, really successful and they get interviewed by people in the press. And I feel like they give maybe 20% of what they would give to someone that they genuinely know has really lived that too. Mm. So when you see an artist as big as Stormzy and then an artist as big as Billie Eilish talking and connecting on themes of what it's like to be trolled, what it's like to be really praised and then absolutely torn down at a very young age as soon as you look on the internet and Billie Eilish talks about how she cannot escape herself on social media. I like the internet. <laughs> it makes me laugh yeah, and I like memes and And it's like, no matter what I do, I'm everywhere. Like I can't avoid myself. You know, I don't want to see how, oh, Billie Eilish, and the, the, you know, you don't know about me, please. But one of the best bits of this conversation is Stormzy talking to Billie Eilish about how he deleted social media and about how. You need to remember, and I felt like this was just such a lesson that we all need, especially in light of mm. World Mental Health Day and just, like, keeping yourself in check, knowing that social media is not 100% of your world and your self-worth. It's him talking to Billie Eilish about how she needs to remember that she is lit in real life. Without even sounding, like, cocky or arrogant, like, you got to remember, like, you're fucking Billie Eilish. like Do you get what I mean? Like, not, like, on a, on a gangster one, because the reality of being you is that you're lit in real life. Like, you walk into the room, it's love. You see people, it's love, it's, yo, Billy, I love your new tune, yo, Billy, that's sick, like, yo, storms, no, no, no. But then we get on the internet, and it's... It's it's some other shit, do you know what I mean? Like So I'm always like, yo, like, just believe the reality of who you are. Because the reality of who you are is crazy, and it's amazing, and it's sick, and it's so accomplished, and it's so brilliant.
0: (laughs) It's so cute. <laughs> so cute. I love... Like this big, tough guy, yeah. you know, being so sweet. It's just like Antonia getting the little tawny frog mouth down from the ledge with a rake, you know, That's <laughs> just right. cradling her. But I love that she has grown into the person that she has because you, I don't know if you remember, but she came into Triple J when she was like 15. I think it yeah. might have been just after the, Ocean Eyes. Yep. You see someone that young being thrust into the spotlight. I think she just started working with like big bigger producers Um, I think she was working, just started working with Benny Blanco at that point. (gasps) That's right. It was like super, super early on. And you sort of like, they're there with their parents, they're there with their managers or whatever. They're pretty quiet, but, you know, you sort of think, okay, well, I wonder where this is going to go. Fast forward and I interviewed her about 18 months ago and that was sort of right after the album. So she would have toured it. She would have done all of the press for it. She'd just released No Time to Die for the Bond soundtrack And to be honest, like I didn't feel like there was that much of a connection. I saw. I remember
1: talking to you right after this interview, and
0: like every now and then you do these interviews where you know it could be with an artist who's like you know a flash in the pan or has a real bad attitude or is just doesn't want to be there, and it happens. Like it happens. We all have bad days, and I remember being feeling like, oh no, this is this doesn't feel that good or whatever. Like I don't know what sort of result we're going to get out of this, and then I fast forward to now um I spoke to her again over the weekend for uh the today show and she was just so gorgeous so lovely really engaging really has just sort Mm -hmm. of stepped into exactly the sort of woman that she wants to be my whole like motto in life is just simple it's like be what you are though like it it doesn't matter if you're like, I'm not con- trying to convey, don't be the stereotypical woman. I'm not trying to convey, don't be, you know, don't show your body, don't sexualize yourself. I'm just saying, do whatever makes you feel good. And if any of the things I just listed, make
1: you feel good, then that's what you should
0: do. Quite often as well, like you get these women who purport to be like for women and, you know, against bullying and, you know, all about kindness Then you interview them and that's not how they are. Mm. Um, huge surprise. I know sometimes people that's in what show I'm business aren't like. that nice, but um, her, she's really stepped into this to being this person that she wants to be. And it's such a beautiful thing to see. And when you see someone do that, I reckon that's a real sign that they're not just, you know, here for a decade or whatever, that they're here for the long haul. There's real longevity in that sort of behaviour, like engaging with people Mm. in that sort of way, particularly when it comes to, like, press tours because that's the way then that the whole general public sees you. Yeah. Um, so it's exciting. It's beautiful. I love to see it. Oh. And she's got excellent hair too at the moment. Her hair is stunning. Mm. Lindy, I reckon you should get blonde hair. I know, but you know
1: what? I think I'm scarred because because Dad's a hairdresser. Mum and Dad always said I was never allowed to do my hair blonde because it would ruin my hair, like because I'd have to peroxide it so much. Mm. But I always wanted it and then I just got like shafted out of it.
0: Well, do you know what? They're not the boss of you anymore. You know what? They're not the boss of I'm not afraid anymore. Let's go get some box dye from the shops. Okay, Lindy, you know, I've been dying to talk to you about this. Um, I love a long read. I love something that, you know, takes me an hour to get through. The New York Times does a particularly excellent job of these sorts of stories. There was one uh, about a year and a half ago about the environment that gave me huge amounts of anxiety. (laughs) Um, But this latest one is called Who is the Bad Art Friend? Um, Now, it's a story about two women. One of them donated a kidney to a stranger And the other one wrote a story about a woman who donated a kidney to a stranger. This is where it gets interesting. One of them, the lady who donated the kidney, is suing the other one for a whole bunch of sort of... Emotional distress. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Like plagiarism. Yes. But it's all centred around whether or not it's okay to use someone's story and use it for your own creative pursuits. That's essentially what they're arguing about. That is essentially what everyone on the internet is arguing about. There's a whole thing around Facebook and and how that's impacted this story as well. Because the reason that the woman who donated the kidney found out or became suspicious about the dynamics around this relationship was because the other woman wasn't liking her posts. She wasn't liking her posts. But she was secretly sort of squirreling them away to use mm. at another time. Now, as someone who has, like, a lot of friends in creative industries, and, Linda, you would too, yeah. it is a bit weird when you see one of your friends use something that you've said or an experience that you've had for their own stories. You, you don't feel, like, robbed or, like, you want to sue them, but you're like, oh, no, I hope that people don't think I'm a loser or an idiot mm. or, like, you know, whatever whatever the context is that it's appearing in. <laughs> um, or like, you know, think of me in a, a way yeah, other than, uh, than, or than or do they you know present. that it's about me or like yeah. where
1: what does this person really think about me? Am I a kind of s- someone that's in their kind of hamster wheel of their drawing inspiration from my life? Hence the emotional distress that the woman, the woman
0: has is, says that she
1: is going through.
0: So it's... A battle that's been going on for years and it might end up having to be, um, you know, having to be resolved with a jury, a jury trawling through all of these group messages, looking at when people have saved things, looking at how similar a passage from this short story is to this woman's Facebook posts, we are well and truly living in the year 2021. It is. When these are the sorts of things being, you know, solved by the court system, the judicial system in the United States. But, Lindy, I really wanted to get your take on it because there are okay. so many okay. different parts. <laughs> so there are much. so many different elements. You know, there's elements of race because one of the women is an Asian-American yes. woman. One of them is white. One of them is from maybe like a little bit more of a disadvantaged family. The other one is is quite wealthy. One of them is a teacher, a writing teacher. The other one is now, like, this huge, successful published Mm. author. Um, (laughs) One of them's out there donating kidneys. The other one's out there writing Writing about about it. it.
1: Yeah, look, okay, so just to, to put it out there, so the woman that wrote the story is the Asian American and she's, like, rebutted the white woman that donated the kidney and said, my short story you know, like all art has been inspired and there are things that trigger your imagination, you need to just get over that. As someone that's also a peer in the writing community, you need to understand that that is the way that this whole thing works. Sure, it can seem weird, but if you actually paid attention to the story that I wrote, which you clearly did, it's not just about your white saviorism. But it's about alcoholism. It's about the Asian American experience. Basically, a kind of get over yourself. You've got lead character narrative. <laughs> like
0: you've got lead. You've got main you've, character syndrome. You've got main character
1: it. syndrome or whatever it is. Um, I think. I just. I just don't think that I can. I can't. I feel like I can't side with either of them because I think that the person that wrote the story or like it was pretty mean-spirited. There was this whole group chat that got outed where they were just bitching about the woman that donated the kidney. And to be honest, you know, like we can all kind of relate to that. We all have someone that we make fun of. There's always <laughs> a group chat of like, oh, look at this person being what we think is performative in this in their actions and, you know, whatever, you, you do it, you really hope that it doesn't get made public and you really hope that you maybe don't take quotes from what that person's done and put it into something that will become public so you know that does that doesn't fill me with like great hope for that woman but on the other hand like making a Facebook group that centers around something that you have done as this selfless act is such just like I was gonna say despicable that's too mean but is such bizarre behavior. Mm. I, ca- I just cannot side. It's with so her. cringy. It's so cringy. The whole thing is cringy. It's like betrayal on so many different fronts.
0: So at first I was like, oh, well, like art is art. Like you're allowed to be inspired by the things around you. Like you're allowed yeah. to see something and have it seed an idea that grows into something else. Or even if it's like similar, like it's still art. And to be honest, like none of us would even know about any of this if she hadn't like sued her and then the New York Times wrote this big article about it. But as I kept reading it and I thought more about it and I sort of digested it a little bit more, I kind of sided more with the kidney donation lady.
1: Tell me more.
0: Because uh, it's just the way that she was talking about having always felt like, a, a bit, bit of an outsider, yeah. or a, as a bit of someone who was she just wants to be loved. She just Brooke. wanted she to, just be wants loved. to be loved. And so then I was like, it's approval. I know, and oh, you feel sorry. You do feel sorry you feel for so her. So sorry for her because these are her colleagues and her friends, and they're making fun of her. These people who she thought were her like closest friends, and I, like I I'm no lawyer. Yeah, um, surprisingly. I surprisingly, I sort of, I feel. I really feel for her. Yeah,
1: like perhaps she, she is misguided in doing these things but perhaps it was done with good intentions and
0: <laughs> it's it so is so cringy. It's so cringy it's but so you cringy. do, you're like,
1: oh, you are just this, I'm so, I feel pity for you because you do just want connection. You just want to be liked. You are just the kid at school that that has a lot of empathy, as she says, and just wants to be liked. And the cool girls, the more successful writers, don't like you.
0: Oh, (laughs) it's it's so sad. I feel so so sorry for her. I feel so, so sorry for her. But also... She doesn't help herself by doing like cringy shit. Like, oh, she's looking, turning up to the conferences that the, the successful writers I are know. at, and but like, also like looking through to see who's liked your things. Like, wake up to yourself. Stop doing that. Don't worry about them. Also, you live in real life, as Stormzy says. Don't Come on. create a group around something you've d- you've done. Like that's uh, so weird. A lesson to all. Maybe we just should all do what Stormzy says. Yeah. Just delete social media. Yeah, we'll, we'll all delete it, blow it up. Unless, of course, you have discovered the Dream Club podcast through social oh, media channels. yeah, except that. Then, then we'll keep it for those instances. But I, th- I think the real lesson here for all of us is um, just be careful what you say in group chats. Dude, <laughs>
1: delete them. Use <You> Signal. Signal. <laughs>
0: and Linda Mariano's Dream Club.
1: Well, you know that I can't read, so I like to watch a lot of
0: things. Um. (laughs) My stories, I like them in visual form. Thanks.
1: I love my stories in visual form and thank God for our sweethearts on the Dream Club podcast on Instagram. Lauren Lee, you messaged us saying, OMG, have you watched Made Yet? How hard is it being a single mum just trying the best that she can be? And that is true. So Made is the new Netflix show that is out. You might have seen it splashed on the front page of Netflix. It stars Margaret Qualley as a young mother in America called Alex. It's a 10-part series. It's one season and it chronicles what happens to her when in the setup of the show, so the very first episode, she leaves an abusive relationship. She goes on to care for her daughter. So she's a single young mum. Her daughter, Maddie, is about two years old. And it is this heartbreaking, you know, kind of dark subject matter, but also told with a lot of humour and a lot of grace and a lot of light due to the way that Margaret Qualley plays the lead character. But it talks about the childcare system and falling through the cracks of that, especially in America, Um, seeking government assistance, uh, what it is like being, you know, in a class system where she has to end up, like, finding jobs to really make ends meet. She ends up becoming a maid and you end up also seeing this dynamic between her and her real-life mum, who plays her on-screen mum, Andy McDowell, who plays it with such, like, Chaotic art mum. She's so good. She's so good. So I loved this show. I thought that it was done with real subtlety and, like, elegance and it was really sad to watch as well. What did you think, Brookie?
0: I, as I was watching it, I was just like, this is heartbreaking. Like this is, life is so hard for some people. And yeah. I think this show just sort of encapsulates exactly what that experience is. I mean, both of our mums have been cleaners at some point during our yeah. um, our lives. So most of my, like, growing up, mum was a cleaner. Yeah. And so when you see the dynamic between her and the people she's working for between her and the people who hold some power over her, like the peop- the lady who's working in the welfare office, mm. you know, and you see the way that people treat her. It was it's it's really really heartbreaking. And the thing I think that sort of rung true for me, or like made me, it sort of gave it was a bit triggering, I guess, was seeing the way that the people she worked with, the way they treated her, yeah, and it made me think of like. The, Way my mum would have been treated by people. You know, they go out and earn this money and bring it home to us, our little ungrateful daughters. And they're out there enduring that. It's it's heartbreaking. I know. <laughs> Sorry, Mum, I love you so much. I, um, yeah, mom, we're, I love same. you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> when I was watching it, I found myself kind of remembering being the Maddie, like being the the kid that sees your mum like in little glimpses, really working hard to make ends meet, it made me feel really emotional watching it because I remember the dynamic of mum in the house was the boss. Mm. She was the boss. She called all the shots. She was like at the top of the food chain in our family. She was the one that you kind of cowered in front of. She was the strong one. She's the one. yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. She makes the decisions. Yeah, No one messes with her. Yeah, exactly. And then
1: When I would go with her throughout all my kind of high school holidays and even uni holidays, a few days a week when she would clean houses and it would range from people's apartments, like really small apartments, places that were even, you know, smaller than ours, to big houses, to motels and she would just do like all the rooms and I would go and do them with her and seeing the tasks that she would have to do. Like it wasn't just making beds and cleaning sheets. It was like cleaning up people's like, rubbish bins and like going Mm. through their trash and Mm. seeing the way that they spoke to her all of a sudden made her submissive and small and it always made me feel, like you said, this like deeper appreciation of what my mum did and how, wow, the outside world is
0: different. I reckon that is one of the saddest tropes is seeing someone who has a lot of dignity and a lot of strength in one context being robbed of that dignity in another. I have been around it like a couple of times. One was yeah. when I was doing this story up in Weeper and, you know, then when you see your grandfather or your mum or mm. something like that, someone who's normally the strong person mm. robbed of, of that, there is literally nothing that hurts me more. Yeah. And it, like, it gets you in a way that, like, Almost nothing else does. It's sort of just like punch in the belly. It makes uh, me want to cry. I know, I, mean, I same, am on hormones a, at the moment uh, makes, for the egg freezing. <laughs> so it's like, you know, I'm walking no, on a tightrope, but no, I'm so I, emotional. It makes me so Actually, sad. Oh god. side note, yeah. do you know what I cried about this morning? What? I was listening to Ariana Grande. What's it so... came on after Billie Eilish because I was listening to Billie. Yeah. And it was Thank You Next. Oh, (laughs) but it's
1: true. I've got to think. But then I cry in that song as well because I think about Mac
0: Miller. I was sort of thinking about Mac Miller. And then I was thinking about um, how she's like, um, thank you, Ari. talking about (laughs) (laughs) herself. I'm so
1: emotional. We love the
0: emotions. But, yeah, Watch
1: Made, it's really beautifully done. I also always just... Love the way that directors have to be creative with all the dialogue that exists in contemporary times for all the conversations that don't happen via traditional conversations talking out loud, like the way that we text each other in order to get points across (laughs) and you have to come up with these like cool, direct ways of, like, showing text messages and what <laughs> is funny, actually unfolding because <laughs> we're living half the time on our phones. So, you know, I th- I thought from, like, a cinematography and directorial point of view, it was really nice, like a balance of quiet moments in a scene and then total chaos when, like, Andy McDowell pushes her way onto screen or when um, Margaret Qualley's character Alex has these kind of horrific flashbacks of her abusive relationship. It was really tastefully done.
0: Yeah. Um, that's, just, that's my addition. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's true. <laughs> Nothing more <about> to say. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh.
1: Dream Club. Always be nice to the people
0: that are waiting on you
1: or serving you and give them big juicy tips. I hope that you have a great time
0: walking around inside a store if you are now allowed to browse some baby we are so close to all being free together and when we are you better believe you're gonna get pooped did you say pooped you're also probably gonna get a haircut how exciting is that remember you're allowed to say no to things if you want to let's dream well this is our favorite time of the week because we get to have a little dm a little DNM club, dream club. <laughs> Do you know what's so funny is like you know I'm for halfway through my second cycle of egg freezing. Yeah. So my brain, I don't know whether it's because I can't sleep properly. It's all probably. going to it's the eggs. It's my brain is going into the eggs. Imagine yeah. if
1: that's how it works. Your brain is in your ovaries, I'm your, pretty sure. Your brain
0: is in your belly. That's all I remember about science. Um, yeah. <laughs> 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 um. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is that my brain isn't working very well, but I am quite relieved that we, uh, we have come to... I don't no, go. Try and get it <laughs> out. Like I'm like I'm We're here. This okay. is a safe space. Right. Um, space. I am okay. not
1: writing a bad art friend story inspired okay. by, by your ha- kerfuffle by right now. My,
0: by my absolute brain fart. Okay. So over the weekend, I um, started looking through my friend Kirsty's book, which um, she's just released, and she asked me to write the foreword. And so I wrote it, um, you know, all of these things that I've thought about her over the years, all of these like things that I've probably, I've never said to her, Faith. And she said that when she got it, she cried. And it made me think, like, you should tell your friends exactly how you feel about them as soon as possible. Because... It was such a lovely experience and I'm sure our friendship is closer now because of it. Mm. So I'll be expecting a letter from you in the mail before the week is hey, out, Linda. Let's do it.
1: Do you know what? I think you and I are quite good at doing that often-ish.
0: Yeah, we do it all the time. We are each other's hype fans. I'm like,
1: <laughs> this does definitely concern me in every other relationship, but I think you and I are so ridiculous. <laughs> it's probably because we run out of things to talk about because we, we talk so, so often. often. Yeah. So you're often like, oh, Lindy, I really admire you. Your patience, and I'm like rookie. I really admire your generosity. I really
0: admire how forthright you are. Yeah, (laughs)
1: it's like all of these (laughs) things. But yes, it's so lovely. Well, thank you for pumping us up. Don't you know? Pump it up, pump it up. We're cute and creepy. creepy. There
0: you go. My
1: uh, dream club update for this week is that, uh, thankfully, my family lives in the same city as me, and given the restrictions easing, I'm going to go into my brother's home for the first time in months and months and months and months and see him
0: and my nephews inside their home and it's going to be absolutely glorious. You know what you should do when you get in there? Move some things around. Maybe even steal something. I'll be stealing stuff. I always (laughs) bring a big empty tote bag. Yeah, because that'll mess with their heads a bit and it'll remind them why they love you. That's right. I can't wait. I'm going to do bloody bath time with the boys. Oh, you're going to be able to read them stories. I'm so oh, excited. Oh, my goodness. Little beautiful And then be chairs. able to hand them
1: back when I'm exhausted and say, wow, Hose kids down, are a hand And, back. and <laughs> boo. <laughs> anyway, so what I'm saying is there's good vibes. Good vibes coming to you. If you are still in lockdown, we are we thinking you of you so very, much. We love you so much.
0: We really love you. And we are thinking of you when you are not far behind us. Don't
1: worry. Yeah. Thank you for listening. We're going to be back next Wednesday, but until then, please, sweet Chugy baby, join our dream club. Follow us at the Dream Club Podcast on Instagram if you aren't already.
0: And make sure you hit that subscribe button as well because we don't want you to miss any episodes. Leave no. us a review. Come uh, on. Come on. <laughs> uh, hit the subscribe button. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> also tag us in a pic because we love seeing um, where you're listening from. And we also want you to go and tell your friends as well so you're not the only cool one in the group.
1: And so that you can then send us letters about how much we mean to you and we'll send them back. Don't and worry, And then we'll, we'll put
0: them there. in our books. And then you can sue us for plagiarising
1: you. Bad fart friends. <laughs> That's what it's called. <laughs> so yeah. Love
0: you. Bye. Pure talent. Pure talent. Pure talent. Med. 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 Pure talent.
1: Med. 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 Oh, now who's the dumb one? Oh, now who's the dumb one? It's me. Let's dream. You'd better dream, you naughty little freak.
0: I don't know. (laughs) She's so weird. A listener production.